0: You're listening to the Thousand Hills Podcast. This is the first message in our series all about the book of Galatians. We're going to read about what Paul had to say to the Galatian Christians, as well as being exhorted to treasure the truth that we have in our lives as Christians. Let's look at verse 10. Paul says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. And here's the hard issue. Here's what I think was a trap for the people of Galatia as well. Oftentimes, in addition to fighting our own desires and our own will, we have to fight societal expectations. We have to buck against trends. We have to, as Captain America said, plant yourself like a tree. And tell everyone else, no, you move. There are some things that will not shift. There are some core beliefs that cannot be molded or or chipped away at or omitted and still hold a profitable gospel, still hold a profitable relationship with God. And that will anger people around us. That will anger society around us. That will eventually paint a target on our back, have people gunning for us. It's not a pressure that you can just ignore It's something that you have to surrender. In Galatia, there was a pressure to continue to conform. There was a pressure to continue to accept other truths, not forget their other gods. There was a pressure to continue on in the way of life that they had been found in. And there is for us as well. There's a temptation to run at half speed. There's a temptation to slow down when things around us get crazy. There's a temptation to not be a radical Again, like those Corinthians or Philippians, Sardians. There's a temptation to hold Christianity loosely, not push all the money to the center of the table because of the way it'll make us look. Because, again, I don't want to name names or name issues because they shift. But right now, there's a societal pressure to hold certain things as pure and lovely that the Bible decries. There's a pressure to stand up for causes that are not causes of the Bible. There is pressure to deny loving some in the cause of others. We cannot bend our knee to these things. Yes, there's a need for love in the world. Pure love, honest love, genuine love. Love as defined by the word of God. Yes, there's a need for acceptance. Acceptance allows people to come to the knowledge of what they're missing. A tolerance for the people who need truth is very important in the church. We should not simply suit our own comforts and deny access to God to anyone who doesn't look or sound like us. But there is not a need for blind, total, unbiblical acceptance of all under the sun. We cannot abandon for the sake of cultural pressure. We cannot turn a blind eye, and we cannot reject what Christ has handed to us in the name of another gospel. We're going to read verse 11. Paul says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. It's a lovely thing to read. Can we bring verse 12 up and leave it there? Paul had a very clear story to align with this. That he did not get this message from human origins. Well, it's very easy for us to all say that, isn't it? We didn't make this one up. Nobody sat around a campfire I was like, you know what? All 12 of us should say happened. You know, church history is the belief. Some of them got hung upside down on crosses, saw it in half for being missionaries, attempted to be murdered, but just wouldn't die. looking at you, John. Nobody made this one up. This was, again, an act of God. I don't believe that Moses sat down and wrote a fun account that just happened to prophetically tie into what was going to go on. I don't believe that Daniel called shots in chapter 8 of his self-named book in the Bible. That would one day come true because he thought it would be cool. I think God moved. Paul did as well. Paul says this is not of human origin. Verse 12, I did not receive it from any man. Yes, he got it on the road to Damascus from Jesus himself. What a testimony, right? That would be sick. Be like sharing stories around a table. I did a VBS where... 45 kids got saved. I saw Jesus on a road. He knocked me off my horse. Well, gosh dang it, man. Okay, you win. Like I know, right? It's like the Christian equivalent of like showing up. And like Tch. JC knocked me off a horse. I was blind for three days. <laughs> he would totally win. He's got a very clear line to say that. He did not receive this message from any man. Nor was I taught it No one handed him what Jesus should be like. He witnessed it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. Less clear is how that happens in our lives. This holds true for us too. This isn't just a personal testimony. In reality, oftentimes we hold our eyes closed as non-Christians in a society inundated with Christian iconology and churches and programs and movies We have to actively avoid it. We have to shut it out. That is our part. But if we allow our eyes to be open, what we see is an act of God. Only God can make clear to our souls what that message truly means. I like to explain there's a difference between revelation and illumination. Everyone here has the same revelation of the Bible but without the Holy Spirit illuminating it, it's as if you are trying to read a text in a pitch black room. It means nothing. You can feel the weight, you can hear the pages turn, but you cannot take meaning from it. But if the Holy Spirit and if an act of God illuminates your eyes, opens your eyes to what the meaning of the text is, your life can change. Truly, each and every one of us are not Christians simply because someone presented the information is because God touched our hearts and we have chosen to follow after him. As difficult as it may be and as the song says, with no turning back, no turning back, we fight forward towards what we've been given as a free gift. We fight to hold on to a faith that has been handed to us as an act of God. Let's look at verse 13. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism. How intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous, passionate for the traditions of my fathers. But then God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach to him. I'm sorry, might preach him among the Gentiles. My immediate response was not to consult any human being. I would like to point back towards our opening. When his opening, he says, Paul, an apostle, verse one, sent not by men nor by men, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Why make that distinction? Why make that distinction? Because in a society dominated with religion and ideologies, there must be something different. What makes the Christian truth better than any other truth out there? What makes the Christian faith better than any other faith out there? The Christian philosophy and ideology and wisdoms more profitable than any others, any counterparts? Because we didn't do it. That is the claim. That is the separation. It is divine in origin. It is not some wisdom Brian sat in a back room coming up with. We do not attribute the wisdom of the Proverbs to Solomon. We attribute them to a gifting of God, to an outpouring of something that God had handed to him and that God invented and created. When we look at the words of the Bible, We do not see the authors who actually penned it. These are not just the words of Paul. These are the words of God through Paul. When you look at the actual word used for the authoring of these books, the men who held the pen, uh, I'm forgetting the word, but it basically means automaton. It means mechanical machine. You do not look at a machine and go, wow, look how wise it is. Look at the depths of thought. I don't look at a Chuck E. Cheese animatronic and go, man, how did it get so good at music? Do I? I don't think, man, that mouse has chops. I think the musician who played it and recorded it probably is. I think the person who designed it is probably very talented. I think the person who staged it and came up with this concept is great. But I don't look at the mouse and go, my God, how talented. When we look at the authors of the Bible, we shouldn't be wowed. I shouldn't be looking and go, man, Paul is so impressive. What a guy. Solomon, wow, so wise. He was. Paul is a very impressive Christian. I'm sure that if I got to meet him, I would be super intimidated. One day, I'm sure I will be. But what we should be impressed upon is wisdom that is being passed down by God, the words and direction, the prophecy and fulfillment that God placed in it. That is what separates our wisdom, the biblical that's what separates our holy book. That's what separates our congregations and our meetings and our prayers from everything else, our philosophy and ideology. It is simply better because the flawed people of this world did not make it, did not invent it, did not create it, did not have to think it through. It is divine. Again, Paul is not saying that he was a failure in his past life of Judaism. He's saying, I was doing great, guys, frankly. Good rep. I was top of my class. I was moving ahead way faster than a bunch of my other classmates. I was doing great. He didn't flunk out, get mad, and just adopt a new religion that would take him. He wasn't a discount bin student. He was moving mountains, and yet when truth hit him, he had no choice but to change because his heart had a passion for truth. That's why God met him in the way that he did. So let's look at the results of that. I did not go to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went into Arabia. Later, I returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas, that is Peter, and stayed with him 15 days. I saw none other. I'm sorry, I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother, only, poor guy. I assume... I assure you before God that what I am writing you is no lie. Then I went to Syria and Sicilia. Well, Paul, I'm sorry. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praise God because of me. What Paul is saying is that the deepening of his wisdom did not come through seeking out the big wigs. If you want to know Jesus, dig into your Bible. Don't go try to find Greg Laurie and hunt him down and listen to him for 30 minutes. You don't have to hunt down some big name pastor, Jack Hiles or something, Billy Graham. The truth is the same. The truth is not better because they say it. They have no added divine revelation that the Bible does not include. What God wants to reveal, he can reveal to you in any which way. If the wisdom is not of man, then you really have to go to the author to figure, that, figure out really what the Bible is telling you. And to figure out the richness of it, don't you? And you have full access to him as a Christian. Through prayer, through the Bible, through worship, through a personal relationship. Paul is saying anything I present to you is not trained was not brought because I spent time basking in the glow of Peter or any other apostle. I did not get any special sauce from the 12. What I had was a true divine revelation, a true meeting with Christ that moved my life in a new direction. What I am preaching is not simply another ideology. It's not a good idea. It's not a path not a philosophy again or a spirituality or a practice. It's the truth. So when we sit down, when we look at the world around us, when we decide what to take in, when we decide what we will adhere to, we come back to our main question. We must define what in our lives we will consider truth. Our urging in this all should be not to mirror Galatia, not to simply bend to the whims of our culture, but in addition to that, to stand up against the culture takes biblical cunning. Be students of the word. Read your Bibles, not when you're forced to, not when you have to, not when something goes wrong. Don't rely on Paul to be the only source of biblical wisdom. Preachers can be wrong. How do you know? How do you know where to accept the culture and where to deviate from it? So you're not just in blind opposition to anything that raises up. What? Be nice? No! The Bible has us to be good neighbors. We shouldn't be against everything that raises up in the world. How do we know what to stand for, though? By reading the Word, being students, by not neglecting to figure out who God is and to seek Him out. So for us, our job is, number one, defining truth as what is biblical. And learning what the truth is well. I would liken us, in our human state, to a blind person. We don't know what truth is unless we take time to study it. Blind people don't know what you look like unless they take the time to feel the features. If I married someone who was disabled, could not see, who was blind, the only way they would have an image of who I was is by spending time actually studying my features, hearing my voice feeling the changes in the length of my hair and facial hair, things like that. If we want to know Jesus well, if we want to know truth well, we must spend time studying it. It doesn't change, but our interactions with it will because the culture that we face will, because the problems that we face will, because the issues that we will have in our hearts will, because the challenges that we bring on ourselves and that we have to face to progress will, which means that we will find new, sometimes better understanding of the text, a deeper understanding of truth. That is our responsibility. That is our gifts. That is our good news. God is knowable God is available, and if you have the work ethic, he can be known. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to listen to more messages like this, you can find us on Spotify and iTunes by searching for Thousand Hills Podcast. Thank you for listening to and supporting this ministry of Thousand Hills Church.